0: Coaches and owners, as choreography ends and comp season is around the corner, running your first full out is coming up soon. And if you're like most coaches, you just hit play and pray. But luckily for you, I have a preparing for full out system, a step by step, week by week system that will get your team ready to start throwing full out routines. Join me September 23rd and set your team up for success. Heading into the comp season. Link in the show notes to sign up today. And we are back. And now we bring on. Dude, I've been wanting this interview for a long time now. We've got on the man, the myth, the legend, Casey Ballou. Casey, welcome to the show, man. (laughs) I'm so glad to be here, sir. Thank you for having me. Did you were probably my first original tumbling coach coach. We've had some good times together, Casey. We've had some good times, and oh, i I've gotta absolutely. I've gotta give this man his flowers we i I just remember I, you know I tell this story every time I see you, but I just remember <laughs> us hanging out and I just remember you know us doing staff together action spirit, and me being like, apparently Casey knows exactly what he's talking about when it comes to tumbling and just being so impressed, and I remember we had that one summer. And you'd always let me pick your brain and talk to talk to you about tumbling. You're never afraid to get on a call with me and just talk tumbling with me. And I just remember that one time in San Diego, you know, <laughs> I got my 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 yellow notepad out out <laughs> like, all right, man, you we're just,
1: starting you come to my own <laughs> yeah, you we're come starting into my stuff. Yeah, we're starting to one. You sit on a bed, you pull out a notebook, you look me in the eye, you say, "All right, let's talk tumbling." I'm pretty sure you really said that. So, <laughs> yeah. Pretty cool. And uh, we did. And we went. So and I so don't remember man. what time. <laughs> yes, sir. Dude, who knows? It might have been 3 a.m. Just
0: talking Tumbling, man. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. So good stuff. I'm glad to have you on the pod to uh, share your knowledge and wisdom and experience with, with our audience. So Casey, obviously we go back, but for our people who don't know you, tell the people uh, you know, who you are, different hats you wear in the industry.
1: My name is Casey Ballou. I've been uh, coaching Tumbling for over 20 years. I've been at uh, East Celebrity Elite for 20 years that was my 20th season in that gym and um i've done action spirit staff i have uh, i have coached the gen x camp for many years in a row other than this year because they canceled not flight i have uh, coached many world champion summit champion NCA champion athletes got a lot of athletes in a lot of different schools going to acro schools going to you know different nca uca schools so i've been teaching flips for a long time and I, I still love every second of it that's me
0: yeah, man. There you go. Absolutely love it. And your kids can tumble, man. It's cool. Every time I see you, you'll bust out a video. Like, yo, look at this kid. Look how gangster she is. Look, look at this. And I'm proud
1: of him. I'm proud of him. It takes a lot of work yeah, to get man. to that level. so
0: Yeah, real cool. So, um, all right. So let's hop in. And this is really fitting. We're going to start with K for knowledge. Again, you're one of the people I look to when it comes to tumbling and just expanding my knowledge on how to teach tumbling. Who do you look to, or what resources do you have when it comes to increasing your knowledge for tumbling?
1: Honestly, it's all about the continued education. You know, you never know everything, so I'm constantly traveling and, um, you know, hanging out with a bunch of other tumbling coaches. You know, all the all the the big dudes in the industry. I'm, you know, I got on tap. I got them on a group on my phone. So any questions we got, we just throw it out there, and somebody's going to give you a different answer. And you know, whatever applies to your your way, you can just kind of add it into your repertoire. and and, uh, you know, if it's better, if it's an easier way to say something, if it's, you know, um, a, a quicker correction that makes the athlete understand, it's just constantly, you know, learning from other peers. That's my number one way. Obviously, there's so many different types of tumbling. There's, you know, Cirque du Soleil. There's power tumbling. There's, you know, gymnastics, diving, acro, you know, tricking. There's just so many different ways to flip, but the end result is a clean, safe uh, skill that can be competed. So. You know, looking online, watching different drills from different coaches, different ideas from different disciplines, pulling that in, and um, and just constantly updating the way that you do things, and and uh, different conditioning, and all that stuff just kind of adds into being a better tumbling coach in general. You know, so I'm never done learning. Um, I'm always learning from everybody. I'm always trying to pick little things up from people, different ways, and uh, it really helps you grow. So um, ask lots of questions, ask tons of questions to everybody. You know what I mean? And and really try to figure out what best fits the way that you're doing things. So I definitely mm. continued education, going to you know different conferences, going to different gyms, trying to shadow different tumbling coaches. I got people reaching out all the time, wanting to come up and hang out and shadow. And I've had several people do it already. So it's pretty fun, stuff like that. So there we go. Yeah, there's a basis for technique. You know what I mean? You can't really stray too far away from that basis of technique. Obviously, tricking is a little more off axis than what we're doing in our industry. But you know, the, depending on the athlete, it's all athletes are different. So you're going to be coaching each athlete, depending on them. Obviously we have this basis of, you know, good technique and safety that we use, but at the end of the day, every athlete is going to learn differently. Some are visual learners, some, you know, not many athletes can just hear a correction and be like, okay, I got it. You know, they have to actually feel it or go through a drill or something like that to figure it out. So you got to figure out how your athletes learn. That's the easiest way to relay that message.
0: All right, good stuff, man. Dude, I, I love that. And real quick, people, Casey Ballou, again, one of the greatest tumbling coaches our industry has, honestly. You know, top two, not two. Thank you for that. I
1: appreciate <laughs> that.
0: But you're still constantly learning. So if Casey Ballou is still out there constantly learning from everyone he comes in contact with, you, no matter where you are hearing this, need to be out there listening. And or not listed, but learning from the people you come in contact with. Right. So. All right. So here we go. Let's move on to L and um, L is for look. So where should the kids eyes be? What what should they be looking at when they
1: tumble? All right. So this is like something that I've really been focused on the past couple of years. And um, I've been trying to streamline it and make it easier to digest for a seven year old all the way up. So, you know, what do you see when you tumble? You know, from the first back walkover that an athlete learns, a lot of times we're taught to look at those hands, okay? And we're reaching back and we're looking at our hands, but that's fine. But if you're not strong enough to keep your core engaged and not arch your back, when you look for your hands, you're actually using your head to create rotation. And that's one of the biggest issues in the industry is using your head to create rotation flip, you know what I mean? And we really, the only thing your head should do when you tumble is see because your eyes are on your head, obviously. You should be seeing things. If you're using your head to rotate and throwing it, like I always ask my athletes, you know, if I'm in a gym full of athletes, I don't really know. I'm like, raise your hand if you've ever heard a coach say, you know, you're throwing your head back and all of them raise their hand because that's a, you know, it's a big, line, big time correction that we make. But at the end of the day, what I try to do is I say, okay, instead of me telling you you're throwing your head back, I want you to throw your arms back because that's the initial goal is to get those arms to reach for the next skill. So if the body is creating rotation instead of the head, you can actually see what you're doing. And when you can see what you're doing, that empowers you, that that makes you want to go. You know what I mean? So many athletes are looking back at where they're going, but that's where you want to be. That's not where you currently are. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, if I am going into a standing back handspring, let's say, and I'm looking behind me for the floor, it doesn't make sense because I'm looking for the floor that I'm still standing on. <laughs> and I say that all the time. And people yeah. are like, whoa. You know what I mean? I'm still on the floor. I don't need to see the floor that I'm on. You know what I mean? So what I try to do is I check, you know, I try to get my athletes to spot during the handstand. Okay, because every skill we do has a handstand or a handstand shape that you pass through. Um, so during that handstand, if I look where I'm directly in front of me with my head neutral, I don't have to change my shape. I don't have to throw my head. All I have to do is be more patient. When I hit that handstand, I can see everything that's behind me directly in front of me when I'm snapping down, you know? So, um, I've really t- try to teach to spot during handstands, like a- a- in a cartwheel, even you hit that split handstand and you're looking for where your feet are going to land so that your head doesn't have to change and you don't have to move anything. So you can just continuously create rotation. Um, and, and it's so much easier if you can spot during handstands and not mm-hmm. before. So, um, what I really try to do is, uh, uh, um, we're moving on here. Um, so there's like a, chain reaction that happens with the body. If that head throws back without the arms, it's going to be an arch. And then when you bring your head back in, it's going to be a pike. It's just a constant arch and pike situation that you're getting. And you're not gaining speed or length or rotation. All you're doing is arching and piking. Your body's trying to get back to hollow, but you're just wasting energy because the head started moving right from the beginning. Even in, say you're doing a round off handspring tuck. Biggest thing they go into that roundup and the head is outside the shoulder instead of inside mm-hmm. you're that the head is going to be the first thing that goes into that back handspring that when you come out of that roundup so mm-hmm. we're re- I'm really trying to get them to spot during handstands so they can open the shoulders lead with the arms instead of using the head to create rotation um yeah and yeah biggest thing is spot during handstands i I, I can't stress it enough. Like when a kid's tumbling off the end of the tumble track, how many of your athletes are like, I don't want to tumble off the end of things or I don't want to rebound up onto this mat because mm-hmm. they don't see it. If they see it in their handspring, in their handstand, it's so much easier to know where everything is.
0: There we go. So it sounds like if I if I teach my athletes or if I'm the athlete and I learn how to spot in my round off in the handstand, spot in the handstand, in the back handspring, that will help eliminate some of the head back that happens in the... um. You know any of our skills, our ending skills, right? The the tuck, the
1: lay, all exactly. those things, right? Okay. Yep. There we go. And I and I also teach uh, I, one more thing. One more thing. I want the uh, no, I, I teach to see the toes. I, see, I teach to see the toes when they actually hit the ground because injuries don't happen in midair. Injuries are going to happen when you take off and when you land. So when we take off, I'm seeing my feet before I spot something else because I can gauge where my feet are and how much to punch. And when I land, I'm seeing my feet land so I know when to absorb and slow down and spread out my weight and land safely. So mm-hmm. um, those two things, spotting handstands and see those toes hit the ground is some of the biggest stuff that I've been working
0: on lately. Yep. So as you see the toes, as they hit the ground, so they're coming out of the handspring. Well, they should hit the, the handstand. Punch. Yep, they mm-hmm. watch the toes punch. They yep. spot... And
1: while you watch easy- the toes punch... While you watch the toes punch, it's actually giving you time to set, to open your shoulders, to actually create the rotation with your body. If you don't see the toes punch, that head comes up really early sometimes, and now you're throwing your head instead of you know, giving your head a job to do, which is to see. If your head has yep. a job, now your body can do its job, which is to create rotation, to change directions, set to do whatever it needs to do.
0: Real quick, I'm now recording these all in order. But right before you were on, we had Matt Kelly on. Yep. You know, shout out to Generals. And he literally just said the same thing. He was talking about – so everyone listening to this right now, you'll hear him when we talk about whips, talks about – he's talking about watching your feet. Watch your feet hit the ground before you get into that whip or whatever. Anyway, so, you know, hey, if if these people – if the greatest tumbling coaches in our industry are saying it, you know, they
1: they might be on to (laughs)
0: something. Anything else you want to talk about with with looking or you want
1: to, are you good to move on? I think that's pretty good. You know, just those two big things. And if you can start to add that in, you, you, you should notice a big change. But the biggest thing is when you make that correction of seeing your toes, now you are taking away their main source of rotation. Because if that's an athlete that creates rotation by throwing their head and you take that away, now you have to teach them how to create rotation with their body by opening their shoulders, by engaging their core, by driving their hips, squeezing the glutes you got to actually teach them how to create that rotation that you just took away because you, a corrections have power. You know, when you make a correction, it's, it's going to change something. So you've got to know what that correction is going to change and what you need to do to make it feel the same. Cause now they're going to feel like I can't flip. It doesn't feel right. Well, mm-hmm. obviously, because I just took your head away. Now we need to use, cause I want the rotation to come from the middle of their body as much as possible because you know, picture your body split 50% weight above your hips 50% below most females, right? So if I'm rotating through my hips, my upper body is pulling my lower body with it if I'm tight and engaged in my glutes and in my core. But you got to explain that to the athlete. They have to know, I took your head away. Now we need to open your shoulders more. We need to really get a good angle in the punch. We need to really use our glutes to make our hips flat so the rotation is coming from the middle of your body.
0: Absolutely love that. Yes,
1: sir. Well, that's, that's a huge thing because so many coaches make a correction and then, you know, it changes things and they don't know what it's going to change. So.
0: Yeah, good stuff, sir. All right, here we go. Moving on. We've got M for actually moving on. So how do we know when athletes are ready for to move on and ready for the next skill?
1: Okay, so I really like to, you know, use my equipment. So I'll introduce a skill on the trampoline or the tumble track, you know, an easier surface. Because a lot of times an athlete, if we're just trying to do a skill for the first time, I don't want them thinking about, you know, trying to land and all of these things. I want them to just do the skill and see how it feels. So we can start to open up that brain and really correction is going to make sense. You know what I mean? So um, I'll I'll really use my equipment. I'll do tramp track. We get the air track. We'll go to rod. And then once we start to work through all of those surfaces and we're, you know, and they're landing five out of five, they're landing 10 out of 10. They're understanding it's a safe landing. They know where they are. They're not just guessing. Then I know it's time to move to the next surface. So um, that's my biggest thing is if you can get it on the tumble track, because the tumble track is going to, it's going to highlight your, your uh, deficiencies, it's gonna highlight the things you're doing wrong, but it's also gonna highlight and give you more speed, power and length uh, for the things you're doing correctly. So I really like to have some control on the tumble track first. It's all about control for me. If I can see that they're controlling their body and they're controlling their length and height and landing, then I know it's time to move to the next surface. And I'll always ask them, I'm like, hey, you wanna try, wanna try rod? They're like, oh, not today. I'm like, okay, stay on track, you know? <laughs> so biggest thing for me is use my equipment uh, more than anything. And if you don't have a ton of equipment, you got to use more drills uh, and break those skills into pieces so that, say they're doing a tuck. I like to break tucks into three pieces. There's our takeoff, which is a layout because a tuck is just a layout with bent knees. So our takeoff, our actual tuck candlestick shape, and then our landing. And I'll break those three things into pieces. I'll do a drill for each piece, see which piece they need work on the most, single it out, do more of that drill, and then add it back into the skill. And then once you break it into pieces, it's a lot easier to see where the deficiency is and where you have to hone in and and really fix that scale and make it work. So use your equipment big time. And that will tell you when they're ready to move on to the next piece.
0: There we go. Love that. And you said one thing last summer at the uh, Tumbling Conference that I absolutely loved. And you said that athletes only make changes on equipment. Yes. And, and I was like, dude, that. So real quick, just dive in. I know that wasn't on the list of things we we're going to talk about, oh, but no, I... dive into that, the ideology yeah. a little bit more.
1: All right. This is my favorite thing. So say an athlete is learning a full at the end of the tumble track. Okay. And I'm like, okay, I don't even want you to land the full. I don't want you to land. I just want you to focus on spinning. Okay. Because the landing is squishy. We can over-rotate, roll to our back. Because if an athlete is not afraid to fall, they're not afraid to try something. And if they're not afraid to try, they're going to learn a lot easier and a lot quicker. So when we get to the floor, the floor is like finality. The floor is you know, we can make little corrections like, hey, point your toes a little bit more when you punch on the floor or let's really try to make that block more downward so we can open our shoulders. But the floor is, it, it's a finished product, you know, because they have to think about doing the skill, all the con- connections, flipping, landing, they have to do all of it. So on, on the equipment, you don't have to think about the landing. You can just think about the trick and 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 try to get the spin done or try to get the flip done and and, and focus on that one piece because we know our athletes, we're, we're trying to give them so many things to think about. I try to make one Correction and focus on one thing so that we can really feel the correction being made. And then once that one thing is focused on, then we can move to the next. But the floor is not the place to make big corrections. The floor is the place to uh, do the skill that's mastered. The definitely, definitely, equipment is for corrections and
0: learning. Absolute gold. Love it, man. That's great sure. stuff. All right. We're moving right along to N. So N is for new coaches. So we have some new, lots of new coaches that listen to the pod so go ahead give me some advice for new coaches just starting off you know you know i got i got all these kids I'll, i have no idea what i'm doing so what's just some great solid advice you want to give new coaches out there
1: i was just thinking about when i was a new coach <laughs> and uh how much i know now compared to what i knew then and i thought i knew a lot back then but then you start to you know the more you know the little you realize you know so <laughs> it's that type of deal and um it's just it's 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 your environment and what you're exposed to. That's what you know. So if you can broaden that environment and broaden the people that you're exposed to, like I said before, go to conferences. You know what I mean. Seek out continued education. Seek out other people that have done this for a long time that you know lend to your style, the way you do things, and really try to ask questions. I'm sure most of the guys in this industry or girls in this industry that know what they're doing. You can hit them up and they will watch a video, and they'll make a correction right then and there on Instagram, whatever. You know what I mean? So you gotta you got to seek these people out because that's how you're going to learn more. The people that have gone through it, that have experienced this over and over again, that have streamlined their thoughts about it. So search out other people, continue your education, go to conferences, uh, be open-minded. Your way is not the way. You know, my way is not the way either. Um, everybody's way is the way, and we add to the safety of the athletes. So if you can really get the knowledge of other coaches and, and and figure out what best fits your gym and your style, and then just add it right in. That's, that's the best way to grow as a coach. I personally, cause I still, do it, you know, yeah. what I'm not, I'm still learning from all of my peers and they, we push each other when we compete against each other and we're all still on the same level playing field and tumbling. So we're all trading knowledge and just constantly updating and growing as coaches. So um, um like I said, ask lots of questions. Uh, shadow other clinicians, you know, I have people hit me up all the time, be like, Hey, can I come to your gym and hang out and just watch what you're doing? And I'm like, yeah, let's try to set it up, you know? And um, logistically it's difficult sometimes because i got to travel and stuff like that, but if you can make it happen, that's the way to do it is get another gym and, and watch what's going on, ask lots of questions and uh, use your equipment. Um, don't be, everyone is so focused on getting on the floor. Like we just talked about before said, It's like be on the floor. I rarely go to the floor until skills are ready. Because I want to make little tweaks and I want to make it as perfect as possible so that we do move to the floor. It's already ready to go. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, use your equipment for sure.
0: I remember one time you came to our gym, this PCM. You came to the gym and you were doing a tumbling clinic for us. And I remember I let you coach one of my private lessons. I was like, I want you to coach this private lesson and I'm going to watch you coach the private lesson. And like, I just remember, like, watching, like, okay, what's he, what's he seeing so I can see it? And I remember you, like, diagnosed her. You were like, yo, this kid, look at it, look at her le- This leg is weak. You got a weak leg. And she's like, yeah, I do an opposite handstand. Like, her lunge, like, she did handstands opposite the way she did a roundup or something like that. But you, like, caught it. Yeah. Like, you felt her leg and that wasn't strong enough. And you would like, yeah. this leg is weaker than it should be. And I was just like, yeah, the parentless guy knows what he's talking about. Well, I always knew you knew he was talking about. But the other thing is when you're talking about coaches, just reaching out to other
1: coaches and learning from everyone. I have three criteria that I usually go through for an athlete to gauge what's going on. So it's obviously their strength, their flexibility, and then their knowledge of the skill or their technique. So it's, it's usually one of those three things that you really have to focus on. Like is, you know, is she not able to get this rotation correctly because her shoulder flexibility is off or... You know, are do we have really weak hamstrings or do are we are we just not powerful enough or are we not flexible enough? You gotta you gotta figure out each athlete because one correction isn't gonna make sense to this next athlete. So I really like to break it down into this three criteria. And when you can do that, you can really start to figure out what's going on with those athletes individually.
0: Yeah, dude, absolutely love it. I will piggyback on this that you'd said earlier about like your influence, the the people that you're around, right? Like reach out in a network yeah. of uh, yeah. other coaches that can influence you. And I haven't done this yet, but I, I need to do it, but I see it every day. You know, I set up my drills at the uh, gym and obviously you and I are in a group chat together with yeah. literally, again, the best tumbling coaches in the nation. It's like the best tumbling coaches in the nation and me. I'm like, hey guys.
1: <laughs> I know. I'm like, how, how did Jason get in on this? <laughs> <laughs>
0: just like, I tell people all the time. I go, it's the best public coaches in the nation and me. And I'm in there and I chill and it's fun.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's really cool. Yeah, I tell people all the time. It's like, I'm just sitting there because I have the podcast. So it is what it is. But, you know, I know, I know my role in the group. But it's cool, but it's cool being in there because I set up all these, um, tumbling drills and it's really cool for me to set these tumbling drills up and go, oh, I got that one from Casey. Like I got this drill from Casey. Oh, I got this drill from Corey and I got this drill from Ramel and I got this. I've never gotten any drill from Roman, but, um, <laughs> he's got a lot of drills. <laughs> I, I give, yeah, no, I give crap to Roman because we cheered together and come. Yeah. But you know, but you know, I'll I'll look around and just see all the different drills that I've gotten from all of you guys and um uh, you know, how all of you guys have honestly been there for me to help me um you know grow as a tumbling coach. But um yeah, so get you a you know, I can't I only have one I only had I got, you know, the free ticket into the tumbling mastermind group. Everyone else you gotta find your own tumbling mastermind. <laughs>
1: um <laughs> You got the golden ticket, sir. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I got the golden ticket. I'm just yeah, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory right out. <laughs> all right, so let's move on to O for open shapes. So we, you know, we hear this all the time. Open shapes. Your 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 shoulders are open, or your shoulders are closed. Your hips are open, your hips are closed. So talk to us. You know, what what does that what's that actually mean? What are we talking about when we talk about those things?
1: All right, so I'm gonna break this down really easily for you. Okay, open shapes are the beginning of skills. Okay, closed shapes are the middle of skills. And then we have a landing shape that is the end of a skill so think about every skill okay a round off even when you hurdle your shoulders are open right you hit the round off handstand you're still open right and then when you snap down you're going to close those shoulders engage your core so and anything when you take off or a touch shoulders are open when you tuck shape you should close the shoulders and you engage the core so that open and close shape is actually being done by just your arms opening and closing your shoulders Your back should not be really opening and closing, especially that low back, because it doesn't have much flexibility. So the the opening and closing mechanism is literally opening your shoulders, reaching for something, and then blocking and closing. So literally every single skill, the beginning is open and the end is closed. So that's the simple fact of it. And it's done with your shoulders. It's not done with your back. Your back should not be arching because that's an arch in a pike. We don't want to lose that shape with our lower body. We want to be making that shape with our upper body that way. Okay. And if you're tight and rigid with the rest of your body, it's gonna follow that uh, that block, that open and close shoulder. So um yeah, definitely yeah. um shoulders of course to has to stay engaged. If they're not strong enough in their core to stay engaged during that, it's gonna be the lower back doing it. So we've got to get a little bit stronger backs, we've got to get stronger cores, we've got to get stronger glutes to be able to hold that shape long enough to be able to block open and close with our shoulders. Mm-hmm. So um and the hips. You will not get an open shape if your arms are anywhere but open behind your head. So if my arms are in front of me, it's really, and if you're not tight enough, you can do it here, but it's way easier if you open your shoulders all the way. My, sh- It's like a chain reaction that happens down the body, okay? Mm-hmm. If my shoulders are open, my head gets to stay in. And if my head is in, then I get to engage my core. If my core is engaged, then I get to squeeze my backside. If my butt is engaged, now I can actually create hip rotation because it all starts with that open shoulder takeoff if my head comes back without my shoulders being open that's an arch and a pike you're not getting rotation length none of those things unless you're doing it by opening and closing your shoulders and maintaining a hollow shape
0: dude love it uh give me a couple drills i can train with the athletes you know just a couple off top of your head to uh just work the open shoulder
1: shape a couple of drills for open shoulders oh man well, same thing. Um, th- like, if we're talking about opening and closing shapes, it's literally, are their shoulders flexible enough? Are they stable enough? Is there enough you know, strength in them and so they can get the mobility to be able to do it? So I've been doing a lot of shoulder stuff uh, just with my athletes in general. I do every single day, every single class, private, whatever I'm doing. After we do an active warmup, I always have them do at least four shoulder exercises, a couple for stability, a couple for mobility just because because it's something that i've recently added in because i've been you know i see a lot of tumbling i go to a bunch of different places every year and the one of the biggest issues is that shoulder flexibility if they're not flexible enough if they can't actually open their shoulders here they're going to arch and throw their head to create rotation so that's why we had this big problem in cheer where they use their head to create rotation you're throwing your head back it's most of the time it's because their shoulders aren't mobile enough to be able to open so that they can create that chain reaction and getting the hips to rotate. Mm-hmm. So um, I wish I could show them all to you right now. I can get them to you and you can get them on the the the, the podcast if you want, but it's it's not hard things and it's just really focusing on just the shoulders. Like they land on their belly, they'll have a panel mat flat on the ground, they'll put their arms on the panel mat, head is on the floor so they'll be around the edge of it and they'll just open their shoulders 10 times. And some of them can only do it a very little bit and some of them can do it a lot more. You know what I mean? And then they'll do 10 snow angels in the same shape. They'll be all the way down, all the way up. Head stays neutral. And we're trying not to touch the mat. We're trying to keep the elbows straight, palms face in. And then we'll do the same shape, laying on the belly, head on the floor, arms on the mat. They'll push down so much that they'll engage their core and round their shoulders up so the belly button comes off the ground. And that's for stability. The other two are for flexibility. This one is for stability. And then they'll flip over on their back. Their head is still on the ground. Their arms are up on the panel mat. Knees are bent. Core is engaged, so the low back is pressed into the ground, so we're bracing that lower back, and then they're going to drive back with their arms so the armpits drive up towards the ceiling, and that one's for stability, and that one's hard. So Mm -hmm. a couple of mobility drills and a couple of stability things for shoulders will seriously up the game of your athletes. I'm not even kidding. I've noticed a huge difference in just standing tumbling in general because especially in standing tumbling, if you can't get the arms past your head, you're already rotating with your head, and you're not gaining as much speed and power and rotation As you could have, and then you can't see the spots you want your feet to land, so it's more of a guess. And shoulders is the biggest thing I've been focusing on lately, and that's what's going to help you to get that um, that open shape and that closed shape correctly.
0: Um, Real quick, tell me about how many times. Remind us how many times you do that,
1: like a a day. Oh, so it's it's ten of each drill. So if it's really bad, I'll have them do it at the beginning of a workout and the end. Mm -hmm. But if they're you know if they just need some extra work on it, I'll have them do just ten lifts and then hold that shape for ten. 10 snow angels, hold that shape for 10, 10 press downs. Um, and then they'll try to hold it up for as long as they can after the 10th one. And then 10 of those uh, open shoulder backs. And I uh, would we'll just try to shoot for 10 um, of each every day. And there's one more I do against the wall too, but it's kind of difficult to.
0: explain that. <laughs> yeah. Word. Good stuff, man. No, no, I got you. All right, here we go. Uh, last one before we get to the break. Uh, P is for power. So do my kids. I can't get them to tumble with any power, Casey. How can I get my
1: kids to be more powerful tumblers? okay, so um, obviously you you break it down strength, flexibility, and technique so those things if they're all in line, you're obviously going to have a powerful athlete but one of the biggest things um, when you're tumbling, say you're doing a round of handspring a round of handspring tuck okay so each skill is going to lend its power it's going to lend its energy to the next skill depending on if you landed it correctly, and if you're coming out of it correctly into, into that next skill. So, I mean, we talk a lot about angles and stuff, but it's it's more about when your head is in and when you can actually create the rotation by opening your shoulders and not your head, you're going to be more powerful automatically. So it, it goes back to a lot of the things we're talking about. If you're using your head to rotate and you're just arching and piking, that arch and pike is not tight. It's loose and it's not going to create length. It's not going to create speed or power. So you got to obviously go back and look at the beginning. You know, a lot of our hurdles are really, really high. So if we hurdle, I always ask my athletes, okay, if your hurdle is high, where do you go after you go up? Jay, where do you go after you go up? You go down. And around off. Exactly. And then I'm trying to go back forwards again. So it's just a, it's a, it's a change of direction that it's just a waste of energy. If we can just hurdle forwards, now we can just snap right over instead of going up, down, and forwards. It's just a waste of energy. So looking at that hurdle, making it longer, making those shoulders more open, getting that chest over the knee lunges in our industry are not lunged enough. <laughs> your chest should be close to your front knee. That's how low you should get. So the turnover is quicker in a round off. And then, uh, so many people teach in a round off, bring your feet together at the top. Okay. I do not teach feet together at the top. Um, I teach, try to kick your first leg past the top. So when I snap my second leg in now I can block. So our block is going to actually go with the second leg. Okay. In the snap down does that make sense to you yeah yeah so we're doing a split a round off it's a split handstand right when i snap my second leg in it's already past the top so i can bring my sheet under me and my block is going to go with that second leg. so everything is going the same direction at the same time so it all comes from um the technique of it really and the way like i said each each skill is going to lend its power to the next skill if you landed it correctly and if your head's in the right spot so That's how you're going to create those powerful round off handsprings and how you're going to easily get to those angles that we all talk about so much or how it's going to be more efficient. Um, Another thing, how to get power is watching those toes punch. Because if I can, if I'm in a back handspring and I'm looking at the spot I want to punch on, and then I keep looking at that spot and I see my feet punch on it, I can add more power because I know when that contact is going to be made from my feet to the floor. So I can really put the hammer down and punch really hard. I have one specific athlete in my head that I'm thinking about and She is always 100% powerful at all times and she can't control it. I'm like, you need to know where and when to be powerful. It's not always 100% power. You know what I mean? It's always 100% tightness and your power is going to come most of the time in those punches on the floor, that's where you're going to get the most efficiency and the, and, and the most length is when you put the power in the arch. You know what I mean?
0: There we go, Casey. <clears throat> this is why, this is why you're the man. So Casey, uh, tell people people who want to follow you or get in contact with you for for clinics or camps or whatever, how can or they want just follow you online or follow the gym online? You know, you know, give us the, give us the socials, give us everything.
1: Okay, so I have a new a, a tumbling page on Instagram. Um, it's called the Fix Tumbling Training. Okay, it's a company I started a long time ago. It was just a name so I could do my taxes and stuff. But that's where I'm going to start putting a lot of content. I already have the page up. I'm gonna start putting more tumbling content on there. I'm gonna start putting drills. I'm gonna start putting some um, just me talking. So if you enjoy me talking <laughs> <laughs> and you enjoy tumbling, um, the fix tumbling training, all oh, one Dude, word. So I'm your first I'll, follower, you check that out. I'm gonna start to put some stuff on there. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I love it. I was like, I have, I'm like, I've you know, never been to this tumbling page <laughs> ever. Nope. I just, I just made it the other day because my Instagram got hacked a while ago. So. I had a bunch of followers before on my page and my Instagram got hacked. So I started my own personal page and now I'm gonna do a tumbling page. So the shakes tumbling training. I gotta get, get some followers. If I get some followers, I'm gonna start posting on there. And I want you guys to ask questions and I will post whatever you want.
0: There we go. So um y'all can't be have you been seeing um threads? Have you started a threads yet? I have not. Well everyone, you know, everyone has on their profile. If you start a threads, it has like what number you are. So I'm like the five you know, fifty eighth millionth person to start a thread or whatever, you know? I went to uh, okay. Mark Zuckerberg's page to see if he had number one on there, and he did. It, it looked pretty crisp, like number one. I'm the first person with a thread. Oh yeah. So I'm um I'm your first follower. No big deal. I'm actually gonna go to my other account, follow you from my personal account too. I was following you from the pod. Where's my name at? There? Okay. The fix tumbling. Anyway, follow follow Casey at the fix tumbling, and um you know be awesome, dude. Casey, you're the man. Thanks for coming on the pod. You're welcome back anytime. Oh whoa, sorry.
1: Anything else you want to you want to shout out? Anything else you want to plug besides the the, the IG? Honestly, it's been an honor. Um, I really appreciate you getting me on here. I've wanted to get on for a while. I, I appreciate all the things you're doing in the industry. And obviously, if you're an all-star tumbling coach in this industry, you should be on the all-star tumbling coaches page. It's run by some pretty awesome people. And uh, there's people are sharing things all the time, asking questions. So check that page out on Facebook. I know Facebook's a little archaic, but it's for old people. And if you're an old person, check out the tumbling page for <laughs> for all-star tumbling coaches and um and, and be enlightened.
0: Be enlightened, there you
1: go. sir. Yeah,
0: yeah, start the you start there, then you can find your way into the uh the mastermind group chat, like like your boy. So <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for watching the Let's Talk To Your podcast. Definitely subscribe so you never miss out on anything from the show.